Hallowed, Chapter 6, First Lesson The Silent Tower, 26th of March, Year 329 of the Hallowed Era Dina's head roared. I am never going to drink again, she declared, rubbing her temples. I said that same thing the first time I was drunk, said Avenel. And, asked Dina, did you drink again? Yes, the very same night, in fact. Oh, said Dina. Well, I won't. I'm sure, said Avenel. She handed Dina a cup of water. Drink this, then go wash and dress. I've laid your clothes out for you on that chair. Dina examined the clothes. Are these breeches? I've never worn breeches. It's easier to ride a horse in breeches than in a skirt, believe me. Ride a horse? asked Dina. Tatiana's agreed to teach you how. You'll be starting today. Why can't you teach me? asked Dina. I have some business around the tower, said Avenel. I'll rejoin you at dinner. By the time Dina finished changing, breakfast had been brought up. The tray was laden with all kinds of foods, from eggs to hotcakes to a bowl of berries topped with cream. There was porridge, too, with cinnamon, and even a bit of honey on the comb. Is all this for us? asked Dina. Avenel nodded, biting into a piece of buttered toast. But we can't eat all of this, said Dina. Then just eat what you like, said Avenel. The servants will clear away the rest. What do they do with it? Slops for the pigs, I think, said Avenel. She popped the rest of her toast in her mouth and wiped her hands on her tunic. Have you seen my bracers and jerkin? They're still by the tub where you left them, said Dina. You didn't touch them, did you? No, why? There are knife sheets on the inside. I didn't want you to cut yourself. You hide knives in your clothes? asked Dina. Where else would I keep them? asked Avenel. She retrieved her bracers and put them on, though she left her jerkin and belt by the foot of her bed. Are you ready to go? Tatiana is waiting. Dina shoved the last spoonful of porridge into her mouth and nodded. Tatiana had arranged for a horse to be brought up to the courtyard. She was waiting there, along with the stable hand that Dina had almost kicked the day before. Lord Avenel, said Tatiana with a bow. Have you met Graham? He's Sir Wren's ward. The stable hand bowed. Lord? Miss? Vallis mentioned you last night, said Avenel. I'm surprised Wren still has you helping with the horses. Sir Wren says it builds character, my lord, said Graham, shaking his hair from his eyes. She says I'm to continue until I'm officially hallowed. Have you chosen a date yet? Yes, my lord. It's the day after tomorrow. Tatiana gasped. You didn't tell me it was so soon. Oh, I meant to help Liza with something that day. But never mind. I'll make time for you. It's not every day that a boy you watch grow up becomes hallowed. Graham blushed scarlet. Actually, Dr. Liza is meant to be there too, as the attending physician. Then I'll definitely have to go, said Tatiana. You'll come too, won't you, Dina? Dina turned toward Avenel. Go if you like, said Avenel. A hallowing ceremony isn't exactly an everyday occurrence. You might find it interesting. Right, said Tatiana enthusiastically. It's probably your only opportunity, until your own ceremony. It took Dina a moment to remember that she was supposed to be Avenel's ward. Oh, she said. Right. What about you, my lord? asked Tatiana. I'm afraid I'll be busy again, said Avenel, as I am today. I'll leave Dina in your hands, Tatiana. See to it that she's safe. I won't let any harm befall her, said Tatiana. You have my word. Riding a horse was more difficult than Avenel had made it look, and the task was made even more difficult by the continuation of Dina's headache. It was a relief when Tatiana declared that they should break for lunch, and Dina tumbled sore and stiff off the horse. The great hall had been returned to its usual configuration, the long benches at the center of the room rather than on the sides. The head table sat empty, and Dina was relieved to learn that she would be sitting at the benches with the others. 
Not even Vala sits at the head table unless it's a special occasion, explained Tatiana, helping herself to the food at the center of the table. Although he usually has his lunch in the gardens or his office. He comes down for dinner, though. Does everyone eat in here? asked Dina. Well, not the servants, obviously, said Tatiana, but most of the trainees, agents, and support staff do. Graham is here because he's Ren's ward. Graham nodded. I tried to keep sitting with the servants at first, but it's easier to be up here. Why? asked Dina. Graham shrugged. There are people who I thought were my friends, until Sarem made me her ward. I thought they'd be happy for me, but they weren't. They're just jealous, Graham, said Tatiana. That doesn't make it easier, said Graham. He shook his head. It doesn't matter. What matters is my ma is happy for me, and she'll be set for life once I'm hallowed. What about you, Dina? How did your friends and family react? She was spared the burden of answering when Tatiana appended a tureen of gravy. Oh, fiddlesticks, she cried. Graham, could you fetch me another napkin? To Dina's relief, her afternoon was not spent in the saddle, but in learning to brush and care for the horse. A horse is an animal, not a tool, said Tatiana. You have to care for one like you would for a friend. She's right, said a voice. A horse moves best when it trusts its rider. They turned to see Valis watching them from a few paces away. My lord, said Tatiana, bowing, and Dina hurried to do the same. Please, there's no need for any of that, said Valis. How are your lessons coming along, Dina? I'm trying, said Dina, but I don't think I'm very good. Keep practicing, said Valis. You'll learn eventually. Dina nodded. I'll try, she said. Um, Lord Avenel isn't here if you're looking for her. I know, said Valis. She's in Glenna's laboratory. Oh, working on that new invisible ink? asked Tatiana. I've been looking forward to trying it. I'm afraid you'll have to wait a bit longer, said Valis. Their attempt this morning ain't right through the page. Ciphers are more dependable than these chemical methods. A moment later, they saw Erica approaching them, a pair of practice swords in his hand. Here already, my lord, he called. I have to say, I intend to make up for our lost time earlier this week. Are you sparring again today? asked Tatiana. Dina, we should watch. You might learn something. Erica laughed. Well, my lord, he asked, holding out one of the swords. We can't disappoint the ladies. Yes, that would be terrible for you, wouldn't it? replied Vallis, taking the proffered weapon. He removed his pocket watch from his pocket and placed it on a nearby crate. Shall we begin? Erica lunged, but Vallis sidestepped with ease. Dina had never seen a sword fight before, but it was clear both men knew their weapons well. They knew each other, too, anticipating one another's attacks, dancing around each other and moving so fast that each action was hard to follow. Dina couldn't tell who was winning, but eventually, Vallis's sword found Erica's arm with a loud whack. This is sloppy for you, said Vallis. Your mind is elsewhere today. So is yours, replied Erica. With a grin, he ducked under Vallis's sword and used his own to strike his opponent behind the knees. Vallis's legs buckled, though he quickly regained his balance. Before he could fully straighten, however, Erica had already whirled behind him to place the sword at Vallis's neck. I win, said Erica, withdrawing his sword, though I'll be feeling this bruise for quite a while. Yes, well fought, said Vallis. It seems I need to be more diligent with my practice. By all rights, you should both be dead, said a voice overhead. They looked up to see Avenel sitting on the sill of a second-floor window. I counted at least a dozen times when you were both standing still enough for a clear shot. A sniper is not a part of a fair sword fight, my lord, called Erica. Avenel shrugged. We're assassins. We don't care about fair. Perhaps Lord Avenel will give us a demonstration, asked Tatiana. Now, now, chided Erica. I'm sure Lord Avenel has better things to do than... He was interrupted when a dagger flew past his face to bury itself in one of the archery butts behind him. My nose, exclaimed Erica, covering the appendage protectively. You almost cut off my nose. The slightest hint of a smirk played at the corner of Avenel's mouth. If I wanted to disfigure you, Erica, she said, I would have. As it is, you're more useful intact.
Swinging her legs from the windowsill, she leapt down to the ground. We have stairs, you know, said Vallis. This way is faster, replied Avenel. There was a message from Camilla. She expects to be back by tomorrow. Vallis frowned. You read my mail? You were too busy playing with sticks to read it. I have a set time when I read messages. You know that. Where is it now? I had Ula send it up to your study already. You'll want to hurry. Vallis scowled. We'll talk about this later, he said, and set off at a brisk pace toward the tower. Avnel turned to Dina. How are your lessons going? Tatiana says I'm doing well, but I'm not so sure, said Dina. She turned, but Tatiana was busy conversing with Eriker, and Graham had left with the horse. I'm trying, though. Take your time, said Avnel. I feel like I'm imposing on Lord Vallis. You really aren't, reassured Avnel. I'll see you at dinner. In the meantime, have Tatiana show you around. The library, perhaps, or the gardens. Dina nodded. It was only after Avenel had left that Dina noticed Lord Vallis's watch still sitting on the crate. Curious, she picked it up. She had seen pocket watches before, among a large rarer goods, though none had been as fine as this, with the bejeweled cover and the hands encased in glass. There were words engraved on the inside of the cover. To vow, with love, F. Is that Lord Vallis's watch? asked Tatiana, having finished her conversation with Eriker. I guess he forgot it. Shall we bring it up to him? asked Dina. And climb all those stairs? asked Tatiana. No, just leave it here. He'll send someone to fetch it when he remembers. Come on, there's something I want to show you. It was with some curiosity that Dina watched Tatiana pick up and light a lantern, but she soon understood. The corridor they headed down burrowed into the mountain, such that there were no windows to let in light. It ended in a set of large double doors, the brass knobs shiny in the lamplight. Above the doors were words carved into the stone. In darkness there is rest. In death there is peace. They only gave me a key because my mother is in there, said Tatiana, fumbling with the lock. Normally it's only open on special days, but I thought you should come and pay your respects as Lord Abnell's ward. The room inside was surprisingly small, considering the size of the doors, and seemed to be a natural cavern that was mostly untouched. Here and there, small alcoves had been carved out from the stone. Some sat empty, while others held melted candle stubs and puddles of wax. In each of the alcoves, where candles had been lit, there was a shiny brass plaque in the back, each with a different name. Here's my mother, said Tatiana, pointing at one of the alcoves. I was only a child when she died. They never told me where she died or how, but it doesn't really matter. She died in service to Illyria. That's how she would have wanted to go. There was a crate full of candles by the entrance, and Tatiana lit one and placed it in the alcove. My mother died too, Dina found herself saying. Tatiana didn't seem surprised. I thought it might be something like that, she said. I saw your face after Graham asked about your family. I know it doesn't mean much, but believe me, it does get better. Dina nodded. Are these all the people who, who died in service? She asked. Just the ones whose bodies were never recovered, said Tatiana. We kept a tomb of sorts at my uncle's home, too. Just some clothes of hers that we buried. But that always seemed so fake to me. I preferred this one. A scene came unbidden to Dina's mind, as if recalling a memory, but it wasn't her own. She was a girl of seven, maybe eight, crying while clutching a woman's blouse to her chest. A man moved forward to comfort her, but she screamed and pushed him away. Oh, but I didn't bring you here to see my mother, said Tatiana, and the scene in Dina's head dissolved like smoke. No, I brought you here to pay respect to Lord Avenel's wardfather, there. Dina looked to where Tatiana was pointing. The plaque read simply, Lord Ephraim, Master of Weapons. It looks like Lord Avenel was here this morning, said Tatiana, examining the molten wax. I guess she wanted to be alone, or I'm sure she would have brought you along. She handed Dina a candle. 
Dina lit the candle and placed it in the alcove. She felt a little bit of pretender, but she hoped that the deceased spirit of Lord Ephraim wouldn't take offense. For a moment, she and Tatiana stood in silence, watching the two candles burn. Tatiana, said Dina, why did you want to be an assassin, knowing how your mother died? Aren't you scared that you'll die too? Of course I am, said Tatiana, but sometimes you have to overcome your own feelings so you can do what's necessary. Is killing people really necessary? Of course it is. Why else would we do it? I don't know, admitted Dina. I've never thought about it. None of us like killing, said Tatiana. We never take lives unless we have to. When I was still a recruit, one of the first things we were told was the story of one of Lord Avenel's students. His name was Simeon, and he was one of the best agents she ever trained, but she still had him kicked from the tower. Do you know why? Why? asked Dina. They sent him to assassinate an Adrian general. The general was quite a warmonger, see, the kind that never chooses diplomacy where brute force will do. Adrea's king had sent him to keep the peace by the border. It would have meant the loss of thousands of lives. And so, Simeon was sent to kill this general. And did he kill the general? Of course he did, said Tatiana. Only, he did it by setting fire to the entire camp. The general died, but so did hundreds of his soldiers. When Simeon came back, all he had to say was, they weren't our men, so what does it matter? But it mattered to Avenel, so she had him kicked out. She did? Tatiana nodded. Not everyone agreed. Simeon was very talented, by all accounts. But Lord Ephraim backed their decision. Lord Avenel said she failed, that she taught him how to kill, but forgotten to teach him why. Because, you see, it's not about the lives we take, but the ones we save. One life in exchange for thousands, maybe more. Wouldn't you call that necessary? The Silent Tower, 26th of March, Year 329 of the Hallowed Era Vallis looked out his window at the courtyard below, but Dina and the others were already gone. Erica and Tatiana seemed close, said Avenel, sitting at Vallis's desk. Neither of them know, if that's what you're wondering, said Vallis. That's a bit dense on Erica's part, isn't it? asked Avenel. We both know how blind people can be to uncomfortable truths, said Vallis. It's just as well. Sabine didn't want them to know. What about you? asked Avenel. Do you want to tell Dina? Vallis took a deep breath and sighed. Perhaps one day, he said. When, when the time is right. And when will that be? I don't know, said Vallis, but it isn't now, not when her world was just appended. Avenel nodded. It's your choice. She unrolled a note from Camilla. She knows Camilla was sent to Tonsgrove, she said. Bet said as much when we were there. Bet talks too much, said Vallis. She'll want to know what Camilla found. She may not ask, but she'll want to know. Vallis nodded and sat down. What do you suggest we tell her? Avenel looked down at the note in her hands. Vallis, there are only two possibilities. Either this is the start of another war, or... Or they were there for Dina. End of chapter 6